everybody to the Everyday Real Estate Investor Podcast, where we talk about uh, investing in real estate and talk to people that are doing uh, real estate investing, but they're also living busy lives. You know, we've all got a lot going on. So um, how do you get involved in real estate and, and still be doing other things that you're doing, whether that's a professional career, uh, family, um, or you just have a hobby or whatever that is, uh, you still want to be involved in real estate, but uh, don't have time maybe to be full-time investing. Uh, so maybe that's a goal at some point, but right now you're just you know trying to use that extra time to get involved in, in real estate, and so that's what we're doing. So I'm here today with uh, Victoria and Devin Geiger, and uh, excited to have them here to talk a little bit about real estate and what they've done. Yeah, thanks, thanks, for, having yeah, thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, appreciate you guys being here. So uh, tell us a little bit about your background first and, and kind of where you guys have been spending your time over the last few years and, and how you got involved in real estate investing first. Yeah, I was the first one to get kind of involved in real estate. I had a personal finance teacher in high school who was a real estate investor and he brought in a guest speaker that um, was renting out all of his extra bedrooms while he was in college and he was living for free. And as a senior in high school, I thought, wow, that's smart. <laughs> and so that was my first introduction to real estate. I started reading books and meeting with people. And then um, I got into college and I was like, that's one of my goals is I wanna, while I'm still in college, rent out rooms and start investing. And um, I met Devin while we were in college and shared my vision <laughs> with him of just, this is a cool opportunity. Um, and then we had our first property when I was a senior in um, college. And awesome, we, so you guys started yeah. super early. Got started That's super great. early, and yeah. right when we did, a month after we got married. Yeah, and that was not much after my first real introduction because I had not really no interest, like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said no to it, but I just hadn't had much involvement with it. I didn't have anyone that uh, was involved with that in my life growing up, like you had your, your high school teacher doing that, but I had more of the, maybe a bad taste, because I was just heard the horror stories. That's all I ever heard from investing was horror stories of landlords and slumlords and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so I always felt like I had a little bit of that more going into it. And then talking through with Tori and stuff and realizing all the benefits and how it actually aligned with what I wanted to do, which was more of the entrepreneurial side of things. I always wanted to run my own business and yeah, how that actually lined up really well. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's really easy, I think, to get uh you know, the, the horror stories of what you hear, right? And, and so it's really easy to to think on the negative side and and you have to be ready for those things, but you don't want to, those things to hold you back from getting, right. getting involved, so. Awesome, so it sounds like that, that um, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit as far as what you guys, but talk a little bit more about what your strategy has been. And it sounds like it was influenced by um, the speaker that you had um, when you were in your class, so. Yeah, so when we bought that first property, our strategy at that time was to buy the property a year and just move into it, and then we just keep moving out of it and just turn them into rentals okay. every year. Um, we did that with two, and then we realized, I don't like moving this much. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that moving is stressful and takes time, and so every year, every year. Yeah. Was a lot. Yeah. So yeah. If you can stomach it, that's not a bad strategy, not bad, right? Yeah. You get great financing and yeah. lots of reasons to do that. But yeah, moving is kind of annoying. Yeah. Right. So we kind of quickly learned that. That changed our strategy. So we have dabbled in some other strategies of seller financing and then just acquiring properties. Our goal was to get um, five properties in five years. 
and we got four in two. Which, nice. yes, awesome. I was going to say that was part of why our strategy, we had that original strategy of the five years and we had a plan of yeah. what we wanted to do, but it did kind of divert from that because we found other options where we realized we could get them faster. <laughs> awesome. We were able to get some properties quicker than we realized we didn't have to move. We were able to get maybe two in a year without moving. And yeah. yeah turned into some, to some different things. Okay, what, what uh, can you ex expand on that a little bit? What helped you able to be able to do that a little bit more quickly? Yeah, so yeah. seller financing was- Seller financing was really big. We didn't quite have the capital, so we actually partnered on a seller finance deal, and we basically put a lot of sweat equity as part of our portion, plus um, we were able to finance parts of it, so we leveraged a lot of it, and then we were able to kind of buy into that property. That way. Awesome. So your your contribution to that was the the sweat equity and the, and the work, right? A lot of work and paying for materials for repairs. And awesome. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a I think that's a I really want to touch on that really quick because I think a lot of people, especially when they're starting out, are like, I don't really have anything to offer. Like, what am I? I don't have the money to invest. I don't have. Um, I can't finance something or whatever that hurdle is, and so they just don't they don't do anything, right? So, but the key is to say, what can you offer, right? Well, you can offer some of your time, yep. you know, some of your skills or learning those skills as you go. Learning I don't know skills. how, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what it YouTube. Was. Yeah, right. You, you can learn a lot of stuff on YouTube, how to do stuff. But yeah, so it's, 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 instead of looking at what you can't do and what you don't have, looking at what you do have to work with because everybody has something to work with. You know, everybody, you know, someone else might have the, the finances, but they don't have the time to go source a property, right? But well, you can join forces with them, right? And now you can offer something that they need, which is the time and the energy and all that stuff, and you guys can do something together. So that's it. I love that way of doing doing deals, and and that's a deal that you that you kind of got in, and and now you were able. Maybe you didn't get the whole deal, right? You shared it, but part of the deal is better than. No deal, yeah. right? Yeah, and we learned a lot. I think we also right. like we ended up being a good investment, and we learned a lot in the process, which we could have lost money, and we still would have learned. But I think we have that experience now, walking into what not to do and what to do yeah. on properties. Learn, be able to walk into a property and say that's a project that we can't handle. That's something that is going to be way too too much, too expensive, too time-consuming, whatever it is. But we learned a lot on yeah. that side. We of learned things. a lot about the value of time too. Like, yes, we have a lot of time, but also making sure our time is valued properly or like looking at projects, is, is this worth my time Absolutely. to do it? Absolutely, yeah, I just actually mentioned that on a prior episode that, uh, you know, a lot of people get into a deal and they're, and they're looking at just, okay, this is how much I'm gonna make on the deal, but they don't factor in how much time it's gonna take. They don't pay themselves, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm gonna make, you know, $30,000 on this flip or something, but, um, you know, they don't sit back and say, okay, what's my hourly rate on that? So you have to separate out the, your time investment and what that's worth and, and pay yourself for that and then, and then separate the actual return from that and making sure that you're getting both, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I think a lot of people start there. I know I started there oh, too yeah. where it's like, you don't think about that stuff and it's just like, oh, I'm just going to, yeah. this is how much I'm going to make and then you, you know, sit back after the project and you're like, oh, I've made Plus the minimum wage or something yeah. like that, right? Like that was not very smart. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, what are some of the challenges maybe that you faced uh, with some of your your properties that you that you've been involved in? Yeah, I would say factoring in like capex 
when you're doing like an analysis of a property, I think especially our first property we went into, we're like, oh yeah, cash flows, like this is great. But if anything were to break or that kind of thing, we would be just eating it essentially every month, yeah. which is kind of what happened when we moved into our first house. Right. Um, the furnace and the water heater broke in December, the first month that we were there, and and we had we didn't have cash because we had poured it all into that house. Our cash, our cash went towards our down payment, and then immediately ripping out all the flooring and putting new flooring in, and so we were just didn't have a lot of cash available to do that. So it was kind of like pick one or the other, right? <laughs> yeah. Or a water heater. Yeah. Do we want hot water or? Or heat in the house. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a tough choice to make. Yeah. <laughs> and it turned into, yeah, we ended up, we had to get a new furnace, found a good zero interest thing to pay for it over a year, and then babied the water heater along until the point we could actually replace it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was yeah. so in college at that point, so it was just pennies and trying to figure it out. I think also another thing we learned is everything takes longer than you think it's going to take. Right. That was a challenge. Longer so, and more money usually. Right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think expect the worst kind of like you're not worse but expect a lot more like take your expectations and multiply that by like, yeah some factors yeah put in some contingency yeah numbers in that time frame yeah yes. for sure for sure Definitely. so what else uh so again we're talking about like how do you do this um and be involved in real estate but um you know balance that with whatever else is going on in your life so so what else keeps you guys busy and and how so how did you guys balance that as um, you were getting involved in real estate. You mentioned a little bit earlier about being in school and all, but, but expand on that a little bit more and how you've been able to, um, you know, do this while you were are staying busy with other things. And I know you've got other things going on now too, so you can talk about that too and how busy you are. Yeah, I would say finding the balance is kind of like learning to set boundaries. Like, yeah, you have your goals for real estate, but also not being willing to sacrifice certain things. Because I know when we've gone into some properties, our time is valuable and stuff, but also our time together. Doing things we learned that of like it's not fun when one person is having to go work on something somewhere and the other person is you don't get to be together. Um, so I think we learned that a lot and learning to balance what you're not willing to sacrifice yeah. instead of which yeah, and we both were like mentioned entrepreneurial type minded, so starting our own business took up a lot of time. That was stuff we wanted to do. I, we we're both involved with track and I've continued to coach track uh, at the high school and college level. And so that's something that takes time away, right? Um, so yeah, learning to balance all those things, there was a lot to balance and you want real estate to be passive, but kind of the trade-off at least up front is it is your time, not necessarily yeah. cash. So yeah. that was where our time was going. Or trying to, yeah, trying to balance, we need to put, we're gonna use our time instead of cash but how much time do we have left over because we have another business. I have a full-time job outside of that as well. And uh, coaching track, having time for each other. Yeah. <laughs> also. Yeah. Yeah. I think we kind of got lucky because we run our company together. I mostly run the day-to-day -day and he's a little more behind the scenes with our bookkeeping and consulting company. Um, and then I also have a book and a blog and consult women that have congenital heart defects like myself. So we're, yeah, talk about that yeah. for a second. Share, share that because that's obviously a, a hurdle and a, and a challenge yeah. that you've had to overcome. So yeah, yeah talk about definitely. how that's gone. I was born with a heart condition and I've had multiple open heart surgeries from the time I was a baby until um, my most recent surgery was when I was in high school. And I narrowly escaped cardiac arrest at a basketball game. I was defibrillated three times. And so wow. huge part of my story of just having to overcome a lot of um, odds put against you when you're born one in a hundred has phd 
you're born with kind of those odds of living in a world that's very unknown. I'm part of a generation that is kind of the first generation to kind of make it to adulthood with CHD. So a lot of doctors don't really know mm -hmm. a lot of the complications. So yeah. living with that and making sure that we're setting a good foundation, especially financially, I think those are things that were always kind of in the back of my head. So real estate became a vehicle to be able to do that and also go after dreams that we wanted after. Awesome. It does create a big foundation because for us, because there is sort of an unknown, like with yeah. health related like expenses or anything like that, if something ever happened, it would be a lot of money. And so real estate has kind of been our foundation to, uh, if something were to ever happen, that we do, we were able to set ourselves up well to be able to tackle anything like that that may come up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. I, I love to see when people take those challenges and they, they turn them into, um, I don't want to say opportunities, but they, yeah. they don't they don't let it become an excuse, right? You right. can very easily, I mean, that's a serious thing to, to be dealing with. Um, so it would be really easy to say, well, I can't do this now, right? Or, you know, I have to take it easy or whatever and, and, um, and, and have excuses, but you've almost used it as a reason to, yeah. to push forward. So that's awesome. Yeah, definitely it's given me a lot of grit in my life. I'm having to do a lot of things, and I think that comes in handy when you're dealing with real estate. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, you know, we referred to those horror stories uh, earlier on, and those those do happen. So, I mean, there are things that come up, and so you have to you have to be determined and be able to overcome for sure. So, I think also real estate helped us in the dream aspect of I wouldn't be able to have written a book or be able to have some of the impact without setting that foundation with real estate. Um, it's a big reason why I was able to publish and do that kind of stuff and impact more lives. So, I think real estate can fuel your why in other areas, which I think is. Yeah, here. for sure. Uh, awesome. Uh, talk a little bit about being marriage partners and business partners. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's fun. It can be challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we had good practice because it was kind of a, most people thought it was weird. It was the first time in college I ever had to deal with this, but I was actually her coach uh, in high jump. After I graduated, I came back and was coaching right away. And so we kind of got, that was our introduction into that different type of relationship, right? So I was coaching her high jumping uh, in college and then it kind of transferred to running a business together, partnering in real estate, uh, all of that. And yeah, I think it's really fun. I, I enjoy it. It's, yeah. it's fun. It's hard not to turn dinner discussions into business meetings, but yes, the, yeah. separation <laughs> the separation of business and relationship can be difficult for us. But I think that's a challenge for for many couples that are yeah. in that is, is uh, especially if it's something you're excited about, right? Yes. It's, it's uh, you have to create those boundaries where it's like, uh, it's okay to be talking about that stuff because mm -hmm. it, it's, you're excited about it and it has to do with building your future together and all of that stuff. But you also have to, you know, draw the line somewhere sometimes and not always talk about right. business. Well, I, are, yeah. I'm terrible, you should ask my wife. <laughs> I, I, I try really hard, but I'm, I, uh, you know, I'm always thinking about that stuff, and so um, yeah. it just naturally comes out yeah. of the conversation. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think because uh, I was gonna say, like, for the most part, we are both really excited, but there are times where it's like one of us has had a really long day. It's like the last thing you want to do is be talking about something like that. That takes a lot of brain power. And yeah, that kind of when we're done. So knowing those times to just yeah. keep it light and. Let's not no. talk through the budget right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just knowing when to like put the pause button on 
and then also like I think it's fun to set that vision just with your your partner. You get to explore those things. It's the fun part about being entrepreneurs is getting to do it together. I think sometimes talking to other friends when you're in like two different worlds, um, it's hard sometimes to relate. But when we're both in the, the same world, and it's easier to be able to like work together on those things. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Um, so. You guys are obviously busy. You've got a lot going on. You've got a couple busy. You got a business. Uh, you coach. Uh, you've got a book and, and everything you're doing with that. Um, so a lot of people, um, it's really easy to make excuses, right? When you're like, I'm too busy to invest in real estate. I just don't have the time or the resources or whatever. So have you found any benefits from being in the, those other realms that have actually helped you in your in your real estate investment? I think it makes your mind sharper just because you are in so many different environments and you're meeting different types of people. You just, you're exercising your brain in so many different ways. And I think that helps you be even more creative when you're looking at deals and that kind of stuff. You're able to think outside the box. And I think that really helps because I think that can scare people off of when you kind of put real estate just in a box of what you can do. Um, you kind of get trapped. Yeah. But I think kind of, easier to be creative. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. It's problem solving for me that has helped. I think real estate has helped me problem solve so that in other areas of my life, and it's kind of gone both ways, that I'm just a better thinker when it comes <laughs> to that, like problem solver, creativity, all of that has definitely uh, improved, I would say, from real estate. <laughs> awesome. Um, have you made any mistakes? <laughs> so we've been pretty lucky that the time that we came in to real estate a few years ago, that we came in at a very good time. The market's been pretty helpful. The market's been pretty yeah. nice to us. Yeah. For the first couple of years, it was, yeah, it was very nice. And so, and we were pretty conservative um, with our approach. I wouldn't say maybe mistakes, but I would say the, the mistake would be for us, and it's kind of a constant battle, is our workaholic tendencies that when we go, we go into a project or a home that needs a lot of work, it turns out financially great for us, but the mistake might be the time commitment that we did, we underestimated. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'd say that's been our biggest mistake is underestimating the time that it's gonna take because we both tend to lean more towards the workaholic side of, we'll just put as many hours as we can into things to get it done. Um, Which that's not necessarily, I mean, that's a, a good trade. It can be a good trade. It can be until it yeah, affects like our relationship or something yeah. because we're yeah. super late or tired all the time right. and just not healthy. But <laughs> so it's, it's basically maintaining priorities within that. Yeah. 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 I think that's what's hard to do when you have a project going on and you've got timelines and budgets and all of that yep. stuff. Yeah, you have to be really intentional about that. Yeah. It's yeah. hard for that house not to become like a like sticking kind of like you kind of resent the house in a way of just it can quickly become that if you don't get your priorities straight absolutely yeah. yeah 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 i think a lot of people hit that kind of wall in the little project like yeah is this worth what i'm what i'm doing mm -hmm. like, is it worth the struggle but yeah but it, 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 it is, is. Really yeah, is. Yeah. yeah definitely yeah. yeah you just have to be prepared to hit that wall Yes, yes, for sure. I think that's I think <laughs> that's a key point. Yeah, <laughs> you have to you have to know that that's going to happen at some point in this future, right? Where it's because yeah. otherwise it can knock you up, knock you down, and, yeah. and hit you by and surprise. You can cut the deal short too. Something yeah. that could be a really great deal, you cut yourself short if you can't see past the wall. Yeah, yeah. So uh, why do you think people should be involved in real estate? What's what's I mean, 
some of the, we've talked about some of the benefits you've seen, but what, in a couple quick sentences, what, what do you think is the greatest benefit or why, why should other people be involved? I would say, for me, the word is impact. It is, it allows you, it's like leveraged impact is kind of the phrase I guess I think of because it gives you the ability to do other things that you want to and it gives you that like foundation to go and do it and I think it's like you can save and you can do all like invest and stuff but when you invest in real estate it like catapults you into like your financial future if that makes sense yeah that's I love it yeah and yeah it's all about like the foundation we've set for ourselves I think being in our 20s and have something that's set us up so well for our future uh more so and more quickly than other investments would uh, real estate did that for us and i think that's why i would encourage anyone that once that has like big goals for their lives uh you have things that you want to do um that maybe don't pay <laughs> super well but that's what you feel like your purpose is or what you want to do in life and you still want to be set up well financially because you don't want to have to worry about that later. I think real estate for us was the way, and yeah, that's what I encourage people to do. That's awesome. I love I love those answers because behind them, it's uh, it's it's you can tell the selflessness behind it. It's like yeah, you want to be financially free, right? Um, and that's the goal, but the goal is more how when we get that out of the way, then what can we do after that, right? Um, and I think, um, personally, a mistake a lot, a lot of people make in real estate investing is um, just having the money be the draw. Um, and there's nothing wrong with building wealth and there's nothing wrong with having financial freedom, but um, when you have that as a target and that's the only target, uh, it, it becomes, uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously, there's the selfishness to it, but then, but then it's not a it's not a long term why right it doesn't drive you when things get difficult uh, it's it's a lot easier to quit when all it, all it's about is the money yeah um, and and you can make some really bad decisions and you can mm -hmm. um, you know when when that's the bottom line of what you're after you're not really after you're not looking out you're looking out for only yourself and so you can make selfish decisions you can you know you can hurt business partnerships potentially all that stuff starts to come mm -hmm. in because deep down that's all you're after is, is the money, right? So you're gonna do whatever it takes to get it. Yeah, and so much of the farther you get into real estate, you realize the more and more relationships play a part in it and maintaining contacts with people and just the more relationships you can have with people, the easier and the better it's gonna be for you. So yeah, when you're pretty selfish with your, your goals and intentions, it's gonna be a lot harder to, to do that. Absolutely, yeah, and especially if you're getting into the bigger realms of um, you know apartments or commercial real estate and, syndication and partnerships. I mean, all of that stuff, um, or the majority of it happens with people working together. Um, so if you're only focused on you and what you can get out of it, um, you're gonna have a really tough time finding partners and, and getting in on the, those bigger deals too. Yeah. yeah, I think people are surprised once they've like made it, quote unquote, and they don't have anything like beyond that that they want to do. And I think that's something we did early on, I think when we started dating is like, what do we want to do kind of with our lives more than just like financial. So when it came to real estate, setting an end goal of where we want to be, I think was important because I do think, yeah, if you don't have that end goal, then that's how you kind of, you just never get to that point. You always feel like you need more, yeah. but you never feel like satisfied. The goal just keeps moving, right? Yeah. The target becomes, becomes uh, okay, I hit that, well, what's the next target, right? Because yeah. 
the target became the goal and not and not the the catalyst, I guess, or the other things. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, well, tell us about tell us about one one other big goal that you have moving forward. Yeah, our big goal is to be financially free by the time I'm 35 and he's 40. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's our big goal. <laughs> awesome. That's a great goal, and then you can obviously choose to, to spend your time on on some of those other passions and everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because for us, that it, it allows Tori time to uh, do more of her coaching that she's doing her personal coaching with uh, CH people living with CHD, and for me, it's track. I love coaching track. Um, and so, yeah, that, that gives us the ability to focus on those things. Whereas right now our time is so spread out and it's so hard to focus on any one thing that financial freedom will allow us to, yeah, just really yeah. hone in on the things that we're passionate about. Awesome. Just wait till they add kids to the mix. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's me <laughs> Well, if people want to reach out to you, like if, if someone's listening to this and has that same, the CHD, um, you know, they've dealt with that, or other challenges maybe that are not the same exactly, but you know, that, that you can relate to. How do they connect with you? What's the best way to do that? You can connect with me on Instagram at ToriJoyGeiger, or you can go to my website at ToriJoyGeiger.com. Um, feel free to chat me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at ToriJoyGeiger. I'm not as active over there. Instagram is kind of my hub. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks guys for being here. Really appreciate uh, the time and the insights. Hopefully uh, the listeners have found a lot of this helpful and, and inspirational and um, are able to see that you can be super busy, right? And and still kind of take that pace and, and make sure you're going out there and doing doing the thing. So yeah. thanks for thanks for being here. Thanks, thanks for having us. Awesome. Thanks guys.